of Luke Maccabee, 74, of 551 State Street, High Village. Ellery did not recall the name, but there was a one-column cut of the dead man's house, and he thought he recognized it. It was a very large, porched, peaked, gabled, and turreted building, painted the inescapable Victorian dirty tan. It was fancy with wooden embroidery and stained-glass fan lights, and it drooped against the dreary earth on which it had stood for six or seven decades. State Street, which is the northeast spoke leading from the square's hub, is the broadest thoroughfare in town, and for several blocks it is stately and beautiful. But farther up, it goes seedy. This was the fashionable residential district of Wrightsville around the turn of the century, before the old families moved up to the hill. Now the -the down-at-the-heel mansions are populated by the lower middle class. Some of them are rooming houses. Porches sag everywhere. Latticework is broken-toothed. Walks are cracked and hairy. The entire district cries out for carpentry and paint. If the Maccabee house was the one Ellery recalled, it stood on the corner of State and Upper Foaming, and it was the largest house, and it cried out in the loudest tones of any house in the neighborhood. Maccabee, said the record, had been the town hermit. He had rarely ventured from the dilapidated premises in which he crept mysteriously about. He had not been seen around the square or lower main, testified high village tradesmen, for many years. In the old days, Maccabee had been thought a miser, gloating over hypothetical piles of gold and diamonds in the gaslit interior of his ancestral hovel. But this rumor, whether made of myth or matter, apparently lacked vitality, for it had faded and died off, and for a long time now, The town hermit had been considered a pauper, subsisting on crusts. This was obviously not true, since he employed a caretaker, or companion, or servant. The story was vague as to the man's status, but that Luke Maccabee had been in poor circumstances was attested by his physician, the well-known high-village general practitioner, Dr. Sebastian Dodd, of whom Ellery had never heard either. Dr. Dodd, interviewed by the record, reluctantly confessed that for years he had kept sending the old man bills until, I realized the poor old codger simply didn't have enough to live on decently, so I stopped dunning them. Nevertheless, Dr. Dodd had continued to take medical care of Maccabee to the day of Maccabee's death. The old man had been suffering from a chronic heart ailment. To relieve his attacks, Dr. Dodd had given him certain tablets. So far as was known, Luke Maccabee was the last of his line. His wife had died in 1909, and they had no issue, according to the record. He left behind only the questionable memories of his caretaker, companion, servant, Harry Toyfell. Toyfell had cared for Maccabee for fifteen years. He was an old man himself. Another of the town characters, it seemed, for he was known as the town philosopher. Even better, Toyfell was often seen at Gus Olson's roadside tavern on Route 16, in the company of Tom Anderson and Nicole Jacquard. At the encounter with Tom Anderson, Ellery warmed.
Here at last was an old acquaintance, he who was known to Wrightsville not unaffectionately as the town drunk and, or, the town beggar. Nicole Jacquard eluded him for a moment. Unless, by gar, back in 40 or 41, Ellery had been told of a low-village French-Canadian in Wrightsville, Canuck. Family named Jacquard, the heads of which had specialized in the production of children. Hadn't there been something about another set of triplets? If Nicole Jacquard was that Jacquard, as seemed likely, he was not exactly a model of low-village deportment. That Jacquard and Ellery hoped he was motivated by nothing more reprehensible than the necessity of keeping the innumerable little jackard mouths filled, had been frankly...